Adventures in Collecting is about toys, but it might not be for your children. Especially if you don't like words like or sh or asshole. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome, Welcome to, to Adventures, Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, we're, we're back. We are. I mean, this is, we are in unprecedented territory. I think, I don't, I think this will be another week without news, isn't it? It is. And I think, I, I, I don't know if anyone out there is even cares enough to correct us, but I think this might be our, our like longest, like weekly streak in a row. Yeah, this is, this is like our, look into kind of the toy world in in general here like this is kind of like we're doing our best there's no toy fair so we've got cool stuff <laughs> i was just gonna say i feel like we're 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 bringing the toy fair heat from here <laughs> from in new jersey where we, we've got it we're so um is there something that i shouldn't do today dave eric please please whatever you do do not bury the lead. You know what? Only because you asked so nicely. You know, you used your used your peas and carrots. Your your pleas is there. So you got it, Dave. Uh, this week's guest has made his mark on the toy community by creating amazing pieces in the world of bootleg and art toys, and he was subsequently featured in the Masters Master Casters documentary. Now he's gearing up to launch into a new adventure with fresh original designs. Welcome to the show. Dollar Slice Bootlegs himself, John Pryor. John, welcome to Adventures in Collect. Yo, dudes, what's good? Hey, thank you for having me, and thanks for the lovely intro. That was really nice. Thanks. Oh, it's I, we're we're super excited to talk to you. We lo- we love your work, and and you know, as we mentioned before, we started started recording. You know, uh, mutual friend uh, Yuma Booma uh, on on Instagram uh, has nothing but uh, praise for you, and you know the the. You know, there are people out there that you're inspiring. So we're 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 excited to have you on, man. Another oh, shout man. out for Yuma two weeks in a row, too. <laughs> he's gonna need a jacket one of these days. Yeah, nice he's little... he's part of the club. <laughs> so he's gotta but... make like a dog tags for your gang or something and send him some out. I like that. I like <laughs> that. AIC dog tags. We could be uh like we could be the uh the the Nick Gage of of toy podcasts yeah or have like t-shirts with names on the back or something <laughs> toy, toy gang affiliated <laughs> that'd be sick toy gangs dude that's where it's at so before we get started uh you know learning more about you and and the projects you're working on uh as this is a podcast about toy collecting uh we ask all of our guests what what are you currently collecting oh my <laughs> man i mean geez i at the moment, uh, it's it's pretty uh, eclectic. Um, I've been uh, just, I mean, just like anybody else, uh, I've been picking up random reaction figures depending on what license it is they're dropping. Right now, I've been grabbing those Storm Shadows and Snake Eyes um, that they did with the reaction series. Uh, just, man, those things are just so pretty, you know? Like, 
they look like the cartoons, you know, but like five point articulation figures. It's, they're really neat. So yeah, reaction has been picking my wallet with those, um, NECA, those NECA target animated turtles and uh, the movie figures. Uh, I, you know, they just keep on coming out with the hits and how can you say no? <laughs> and, and like where I live, dude, in, in, in Monterey, like there's so few and far between shipments. So it, it makes it extra fun, you know, just to try and find these things in the wild, you know, I, it sometimes takes like eight months to a year before they show up on the shelf, but it's worth it. You know, I, I just found the last set of the twin frogs about three weeks ago. And oh, when nice. those come out in February or something. So literally I've been looking for a full year and they finally hit the shelves here. So I don't know. NECA makes it fun. It's like old school collecting in the eighties and nineties. Like just keep looking. <laughs> Eventually they'll show up, you know, you don't have to go to like eBay or anything. It's true. Um, it's for sure. Right. I mean, do you guys collect those at all? You've you been following that line or. So I do the, um, I do the, the movie turtles. A word. Um, and you got your Toka and Razor two pack. You know, I, oh, I decided, oh. I decided I was going to go into the line late and it was oh, after oh, that two pack came out. So yeah, that's, that's one that's, uh, there, there are two, there are two releases like recent action figure releases that like, really um i have regrets about and that's that's one of them that's <laughs> what's the other one dude i gotta know now what the other one is uh the the Haslab uh jabba's sail barge oh word yeah oh because that, yeah. that's that's my uh my 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 main focus is the the three and three quarter inch star wars figures dude. and i just at the time i was not in a place where i could i could spring for it and you know, I still don't have the space, but like I'm a little bit more stable now at this point. So I, I you know, if, if I could do it now, I would. But like, yeah, aftermarket yeah, on that feel, thing yeah. it goes for like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, now. that one's that yeah, one's in the four intense. figures these days. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's wild what that turned into. Yeah, that's that's never gonna happen. But uh, word. I love I love those those new uh, GI Joe reactions, and I love that they did those like are the, really cool that they did Aren't that they special so like India release of snake eyes like that like weird like, yeah uh, like robin's egg like, blue color blue, like blue yeah i just found those last week here and like you know grabbed one to keep in the package and one to open and mold up you know but yeah oh have you found them yet they're, they're they look just as good in person it, it's yeah, just really neat the colors pop on them in a way yeah. that i didn't really think would be possible if that makes yeah. sense it's yeah, one of no, those things where they're, great. they look better in person. 100%. Right? Yeah, it's unusual these days. Usually uh, uh, toys look better in the pictures. So, no, oh, that's fresh. Well, dudes, on the NECA and the sail barge, I got you. I'll send you pictures of mine. But um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and then other shit I've been, or other things I've been collecting as well. Um, I. I have a focus collection, uh, and so I'm constantly adding to it. I've been collecting the original Malbolgia from the second uh, series of Spawn figures, and yeah. uh, I just hit 76 the other day. So uh, I'm almost at 100. So after after I hit 100, I'll be done collecting those. And, so wait, um, so you have 76 McFarland Series 2 Malbolgias? 
Dude, do, now did you collect? Yeah, I do. But I mean, did you collect back when those came out? Because when those came out, they were harder to find. Like, then I, I don't even know. Like, they were the most rare, sought-after figures, selling for like a buck fifty on the aftermarket. You know, and like I've got like a special connect. Like my grandma used to drive me around trying to find one. You know, again, where I live, there's just no finding toys. So we spent about six months, like every couple weekends, driving around the area. So I just have this like love for the toy, for like what it meant to like the industry and in toys. Like what oh, yeah. a dramatic shift mm -hmm. that was. That was like, hey, get this. Check out all these spray-on paints. Check out the size. Check out the articulation. Check it out. It's a standard release figure. Get with the program. And on top of that, it's just like it reminds me. Like my grandma is just like she's not around now, but she was awesome. And she just like was my cheerleader. So I have a lot of good memories driving around hunting for toys with her in Malapolja being like one of those. It was also like that weird, awkward time when you're like just getting into high school and the last thing you want to be doing, like mm -hmm. at least in the nineties was being seen collecting toys, but it, it, I didn't care. It was cool oh, to yeah, hang I out with my grandma and it was cool to get Malapolja. So yeah, I just need a hundred for some reason. Yeah, I had it best. I was like looking for toys and also like, you know, wearing like Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts all the time. So it was like you know, between <laughs> exactly. the wrestling and like and the toys, I was just like, yep, I'm the coolest. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like we would have been homies. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That Malbolgia figure is just really special to me. So I, I've been managing to pick a few of those up every month. And um, lastly, but not least, if anything, um, these guys make now this is more designer toy designer art but they make one-to-one -one style like robotech kind of evangelion style helmets and clothing it's this brand called machine 56 and i've just been uh adding more of their work to my collection over the last month they had a few drops on some masks and um i don't know if you've ever seen them but they literally look like something that hopped off a of robotech except for you can actually wear it it's functional I mean, I wouldn't wear it because there's like only 56 to like, I don't know, 10 of some of these things, but. I was going to say, are um, those the helmets that you are that you wear in your, your Book of Boba Fett videos? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are all Machine 56. And um, yeah, they're, they're unreal. I don't even know how to describe it other than I've been, I, I've been obsessed with that brand for the last two years and I managed to add a couple more masks to the collection and um, I, I don't even know. <laughs> you guys have seen them. Yeah, they look they look sweet. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been. I I mean, it's it's we're all Star Wars fans here. So anytime I see people that I you know I I respect talking about Star Wars, I, I I'm kind of drawn to it. So I've been watching, uh, you know, the, the videos that you suck, Lord, and uh, and and friend of the pod, Peter have been uh have been doing and they're they're fun to watch so heck yeah oh thanks yeah they're they're fun to do it's so it's so wild like that you know what like everybody is a far across the country but every friday we get together the three of us to talk about boba fett <laughs> it's so cool it literally is across the country you got you in california yeah. Pe uh peter's in what he's in uh like it's Illinois, the Midwest, right? Yeah, Illinois, yeah. and then and then, yeah, suck lord. It's every State. time zone, it, it's wild. Five here, seven in Peter, and eight uh, in suck lords, and <laughs> we've managed to do it seven <laughs> seven weeks in a row now on Friday, Damn. which is just mind boggling. <laughs> that is mind. That's an that's a feat right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, it's um, fun. Yeah, especially with like the season finale coming up, you know. I know, right? Um, That's just about to happen. And <laughs> yeah. oh man, <laughs> as, as we record like tomorrow, so yeah. Uh, so, what was the first figure that you saw that made you want to get into customizing and creating your own figures? Okay. Um, geez, now this is like a little blurry because this is back when I drank. Um, and it was either Sam Sushi by uh, Falcon Toys or the Pink Star by uh, Sucklord. I can't remember which one it was first and which one led to the other and down the rabbit hole I went. But it was like 2014, my homie True Prey, he like tagged me in a Star Cause post. Um, do you guys follow that collector or know who that is? He's not on Instagram too much anymore, but he used to have the most insane collection he'd post regularly from. No, I'm not familiar. Okay, it's it's a K A W S Star Cause. Check him out. Um, and I can't remember if it was the Pink Star or Sam Sushi, but my buddy True Prey tagged me, and I, I was kind of buzzed and just. You know, kind of blew my mind. I just didn't know what to think of what I was seeing because, you know, I'd seen Kitbash toys, but these, I think it was the Sam Sushi because it was, it was like the, the, um, translucent arms and head. Like it was obvious this dude was actually casting his toys as opposed to just kitbashing and gluing stuff together after he chopped them up and sanded it. And, um, that really messed me up. <laughs> that really <laughs> messed me up good. I, I didn't know what to think about that. And I just didn't know what to, how to handle it. And uh, I just dove down that rabbit hole. And within that day, I think, I, you know, I had obsessed myself with killer bootlegs, Healy made, Falcon toys, and Sucklord. And um, that would be sometime in February. And... I, I, I obsessed for weeks. I didn't sleep well at all. Like it was gnarly. <laughs> it just, it messed me up. I just, I did not know what was going on except for that. I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can relate to those, those micro obsessions uh, as I personally refer to them where like, there's just that one thing that, um, you know, jumps out and it's literally the only thing I can think of until I either figure out, I guess, like what that thing means to me or, if I'm going to be a part of it or if it's like, you know, outside of my orbit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally understand what it's like to see something and just be like, Whoa, I need to know everything that there is to know about this right now. Like right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did not make sense to me. And I just couldn't for the life of me understand how they were getting the results they were getting. And like, I, I mean, I really, I really couldn't sleep. <laughs> I'd really be sitting there thinking about like one of Peter's like, rainbow airbrush um paint jobs and just being like how did they do that how are they are they measuring like this is at like three in the morning you know i mean it was it was all bad i, I should have known right then and there that i'd eight years later be here talking to you because there was no direction i it was either like do it or like become an insomniac i don't know i i, I didn't understand or know how to i just knew it was what i wanted to do <laughs> So after seeing that, you know, that first figure and, and finding the inspiration to, you know, to start down that path was was kind of making toys your first artistic expression or or did you um, evolve that from something else? Had you, you know, had previous uh, you know art forms? Yeah, yeah. You know, like 
in the, the classic sense of like, you know, 2D art, like painting, drawing, all that stuff. I had all my hopes and dreams of being an artist smashed out of me in high school by my art teachers. So um, I didn't really think of what I was doing uh, in my 20s as art. But yeah, I sang for a couple bands, you know, you write music, you sing, you know. Um, and for about seven years, uh, I was a hairstylist. And that's a whole other art in itself right there. Um, just the coloring and cutting and every aspect involved in that. So the toys wasn't my first artistic endeavor, but it was my most authentic and like um, intentional and realized. And um, uh, I was definitely outside my comfort zone when I started. Now, now you know, being a, a hairstylist, did any of kind of that, uh, you know, working in like a 3D space, did, it, did any of that translate when you, you know, started working on toys? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, it's it's wild. I'm so grateful that I was obsessed with color and that I was doing color during the Paul Mitchell ink uh, blot days when like the MySpace scene here was happening because, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of my clientele was just like doing the most wacky, contrasty, cuckoo banana colors and patterns and getting away with it, you know? So like, and, and not just for like folks that, you know, I knew on the street, but like, you know, I had a period of time where I'd go on tour with a bunch of different bands, you know, and do their hair and, you know, style them before a Draven shoe photo shoot or a video <laughs> or before they went on stage, you know, like if you've got Silverstein records, look in the first couple albums, you'll see my name in the backup vocals and all that, you know, and I don't know, I had this whole other world in the music scene, but yeah, like doing hair and colors, especially the whole color theory was insanely valuable to doing uh, toys later and understanding color theory. And also just later on, you know, wanting to do weird stuff with like, you know, fake hair on things or just different kind of like crafty things I learned from hair. They, they, they could be applied and worked with uh, toys as well, which was, it was bizarre, but it, it worked out. <laughs> um, how did the opportunity to be featured in Mastercasters come up? Oh, geez, Mastercasters. Uh, that is, that, that, that's so cool. I love Mastercasters. So I'm not exactly sure how it happened. Um, Timothy Patrick, the man behind the, uh, the project, Tim, he probably sent me a message or he might have just come and introduced himself to me like straight up like at DesignerCon and it was either 2015 or 16. And I mean, I remember shooting some footage there, uh, but one way or another, yeah, he just came out of the blue and, you know, it's like, Hey, do you want to be in this? And, um, I, I, I love doing that kind of stuff. I, I don't turn those down. So I was really excited to do it. And it was amazing because, uh, I think I'd recorded four different segments at that point. So, you know, this was another one. And I was like, okay, bro, we'll see. <laughs> but it's great because it really came out. And that guy has killed it. He has worked so hard. And it's on Tubi now. You know, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, he's done a, a great job of uh, distributing and getting eyes on it. You know? And and for those of you that that, uh, that aren't aware of what Mastercasters is, it's, it's this incredible documentary. I cannot rec recommend it enough. Um, you If you follow members of the toy community especially like the toy art scene um you know you will see some familiar faces in that but uh yeah it, it is just it's such a cool look into you know the, the art form it, it really is well done 
yeah, there's just so much authenticity and like love for the the community and like the art form. It, I, I can't thank Tim enough for what he did. He really nailed it and really like that's a perfect portrait of that time and just the overall vibe and feel of like who we are and what we are about is like the, you know, resin bootleg designer art toys, whatever you want to call it. So, so getting back into the, the process of actually, you know, creating, um, cause I think, you know, everybody who is a toy collector is familiar with, you know, how toys function, right? Like the, depending on the format that you're in, the type of movement and articulation, that you've come to expect in certain things, you know, whether, whether it's a, you know, a Kenner style five POA figure or, you know, a super articulated wrestling figure or or comic book figure. Um, you know, when you're making something for, for the first time, um, how often does everything go right on, on the first try? (laughs) Um, I, I mean more specific, like when I'm making something like, trying to get like a rocket firing like mechanism to work or like uh like doing something i haven't tried before like uh i don't know like uh hula dancing kind of that kind of stuff yeah anything like when you're anything, when you're yeah. when you're when you're trying to you know make the thing that's in your head come to life in front of you hmm, okay um it's it's usually pretty decent uh hit ratio uh i've been fortunate enough with the the stuff that i've engineered and written out beforehand it generally works out the only issues i really had were um the rocket firing uh blue uh i did rocket firing blue snaggletooths a few years ago for dke and um just figuring out the uh how how to not get the the springs to blow out internally that was the only time i really had uh, something really fail on me but besides that like Getting something to work out to begin with, I generally, the way my process is, is I've got a few bins of toys that I generally draw from and I'll just dump them out and just start staring and I'll see a shoulder that I want, you know, and I'll see a gauntlet that I want and I see some knee pads I want and I go from there and I've got it pretty much laid out and mapped out before I start molding and casting on what I'm going to do. So when, when it all said and done, you know, that they, the molds pull fine, the, the, uh, the figures look the way I expected them to. And, you know, that was even when I first started out, I'm still using the same couple bins that I dumped out for my original character, like my original releases, like the Slaughterbot and Duckman, you know, my Nariers, you know, eight years ago. It's just, um, just kind of how it's worked for me. So... So much like fails. Uh, I mean, sure, I've I've had designs I don't like once I see them actually molded and casted up. But um, not to sound too cocky, but I've been fortunate enough that I can generally engineer or troubleshoot all the issues uh, I, I come across. Oddly enough, like I think the biggest scariest one I came across was when Arby's wanted me and my wife to make them a bobble-headed H. John Benjamin for uh, one of their ad campaigns. <laughs> And um, I don't have bobbleheads, and I definitely like didn't quite know how to make it work with a solid piece of resin, you know. But uh, just uh, one night of insomnia and a little time on the paper, and the first attempt worked, which uh, I didn't expect. I expected definitely to have to throw against the wall and start over, but um, the thing sprung back and forth, and it made it into the ad. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I, 
uh, geez, I sound kind of lame saying this, but I've got a ridiculous amount of confidence in the toys and the work that I make when I'm making them. I just, it's come out well since I started and I just feel this is like my calling and what I'm supposed to be doing. So maybe it's a bit different, you know, it's just, Hey, this is what this guy's intentions and what he's supposed to be doing. So it works. I don't know. Well, I, I feel like too, you know, over the past eight years, you know, you've, you've developed, you know, a, a keen way of kind of like reverse engineering, right? Cause a lot, a lot yeah. of, a lot of what you have to do kind of like on the outset is reverse engineer something that has you know, is kind of like tried and true, right? Like, like at the core of it. And then, you know, once you kind of have that down and, you know, with, with kind of your, your built-in confidence and, and creativity there, you know, it really seems like you, you know, you do have kind of like almost a templated process. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just like, it, um, it, it just, it, it does, it just all falls into place somehow. And, um, I think another thing is like, you know, again, the confidence when I came into it, Manor Monster was the only guy who was articulating stuff. When I got into it, there were really, really poorly pegged toys that you turn the arm and they fell out. It was like, well, bootleg. And I came in and I made magnets the standard in the game, you know, like I can go in any customizing group now and anybody who's casting a resin, they're dumping neodymium magnets in there. And I fully credit myself with that, normalizing it and making it a standard for the game. And I feel like that just added a little feather in my cap too, just being like, hey, dude, like when I got into, you know, like when I got into this, no one was articulating. I figured out, well, I better do this with these magnets. And it worked and it actually became the standard. <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, I, I have confidence and where I lead myself, I can, I can trust my steps and that they're sturdy, you know? It's, I don't know, because it's it's funny. I don't generally have this like level of confidence in a lot of things, but when it comes to my art, my toys, I yeah, I, I do. <laughs> so so would you say like process was the most kind of thing that was like the most difficult to nail down, or was it just kind of like more, you know, trial by fire in a way? Yeah, it was trial by fire, and it, one of the things like. Just starting out, I um, I didn't mess around. I, I got my pressure pot right at the start. I wanted to have all the correct tools so I didn't have to, you know, make a mistake and be like, oh, geez, I should have used the right tool for the start. So basically, I again, I was drinking. I used to not be good at drinking, but I did it anyway. So when I started out, yeah, it was a little harder to figure out because I was still drinking. Then I stopped drinking, and then it was just like, okay, follow these steps, do everything the way – you know, it, it, oh, geez, I don't even know how to put this. Just follow the steps and do everything the right step of the process and it will come out right every time. And that's basically what it, what happened. There was a bit of learning curve uh, six months into my career. Uh, I, I moved to my studio and I was near the ocean and there was a lot of humidity. And I didn't know that resin and humidity hate each other. So there was about two and a half months where the majority of my casts wouldn't come out. And I thought that like, maybe, you know, it was just magic. There was six months I was doing really good at this stuff and <laughs> Hey, I had a chance and there you go, dude, back to, back to the losers bin and failing at everything you try. So back there, but fortunately I Googled around and learned it wasn't me. It was the, the humidity. I moved to a different area, changed the humidity, got everything properly vented and 
here we are talking now. <laughs> but man, that was a horrible, horrible couple months. I, I really did. I thought like, oh, well, that's what it, that's what it tastes like to be good at something. Well, <laughs> savor it because it's never coming back, pal. <laughs> Oh, sad, resin sadness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you mentioned that there were some designs where you were like, ah, I, I don't know if that came out the way that I wanted. Um, is there something that you've made that you would look back and go, you know what, I, I'd probably do this differently or I would, I'd like another crack at it. And then is there something on the other end of it where you've you've kind of seen it and it's been like yeah i i would not change a thing this thing is perfect <laughs> word yo all right so mid 2017 into like late 2018 i was using spray on um mod podge clear coat um and it turns out that stuff bubbles up uh after about six or eight months um so uh, I would I would undo everything I did then, and I feel really bad for anybody that has a piece from that era. If it looks like it's like got a disease, just shoot me a DM. Let's get that fixed. But um, yeah, I'd like to undo all of those specifically. I I've never had an experience like that prior or afterwards, but. Oh man, it's wild seeing those things. It just looks like they had like a bubble bath and no one toweled them off, you know? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they they definitely didn't leave my studio looking like that. Whatever. And um now you have a now you have a part of uh of 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 Dollar Slice uh history. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. It's like I look at that it, anybody brings me a piece like that to sign or they want to show me I'm like aha, I know exactly where I was when this was made. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to fix it for you cuz I'd really like to fix it. <laughs> but um those and oddly enough, I mean it I push myself when I do uh, pieces for shows and there's two separate pieces that I did for clutter galleries um, for their in action figure shows. Um, the first one was this uh, figure called 18 visions and I love it to death. Um, but execution wise, he leans to the right a little bit. His, his leg is a little bit bows in for some reason. And the master didn't do that but the molds and the casts do. And um, I don't have one myself. <laughs> There's like two in existence, but I really love that toy. So I'll go and look at it occasionally in the pictures and just that, that knee or not knee, but that, that curved calf leg. I, I just, I, I would really like to put a cane in his hands, stand him up a little bit more and, you know, give it another go. So maybe one day, maybe I'll have like a, work with my wife or something horsey boo and she'll sculpt it up uh, an original version and then on the end of the spectrum the other end there's the paharet and that was another piece i did for um in action figures and that's like a giant 18 inch beast uh you know i think it's about three pounds of resin and unfortunately uh the engineering was a little off so when it got to the in action show he took a spill and gravity, uh, <laughs> oh, no. gravity maimed his existence. So it's one of those things. Like I, I wish I could, I give him another shot, and you know, get get him a little less uh, gravity prone, and um, you know, not have him do nose dives. But maybe someday. I don't know. It's 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 cool to do things that you like, but at the same time, 
like why dwell on the past because there's like a lot of cool stuff to do now and in the future like cooler stuff than i did in the past but well, that there's said always, there's always that opportunity to revisit yeah true true and and like i was gonna like you, you know you asked as well there's cool stuff in the past as well like i would never change my slaughter bot my original slaughter bots you know like those things just came just came together uh, from one of my you know original bins dumped it out saw sergeant slaughter's goofy arms on there <laughs> i wanted to use the torso from the gi joe snake armor since the day i decided i'd be doing this but i didn't know how and then the gronk legs uh, on the gronk droid the power droid the, the vintage star wars figure it it just kind of made sense and um that, that figure is just so ridiculous he's got these little tiny legs and somehow his gymungous hulking torso and these you know bulky arms and one finger pointing like he's some authoritative like beast but he's just all funny and short and beefy and like pigeon legs it's really it just it, it rules he's just it just works i don't know and the fact that it doesn't fall over and that no one had used the snake armor beforehand it just it just works you know it, it worked and it's it's still timeless i Anytime, you know, I, I want, I'll paint a few up, throw them uh, just insta into my Instagram, not even like in the store. And, you know, there's somebody who wants to give them a, a forever home pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And, I uh, love looking at all the colorways you've done on them. The, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they they look like they're, I like the ones that look like they could be like a, like gummy candy. Oh, word. Yeah. Yo, I agree with you. There's something so surreal and fun about these translucent see-through pieces and just like uh, yeah i don't know man it, it it's really it's uh, thanks it, it's really fun to make them too <laughs> and um other pieces you know like uh, my last piece before i started moving around uh, i had to move my studio and moved twice in the last year houses but uh my professor waffles piece that that one really um oh geez i i I'm still mighty proud of myself like I made it today. Uh, that was, I just really wanted to tweak out and get all dweedly dweedly on like heritage and like when things were made. So I took a, you know, vintage, vintage Star Wars uh, source material piece. Then I took a modern vintage piece. <laughs> then I took a modern, modern piece. And then I took like a 80s uh, Robocop, you know, piece. And then I took a modern reaction Robocop piece. Then I, you know, took a, a Ready Player One pieces just to throw it all together with the way Ready Player One kind of took all of these properties and slammed them into one space. So it's kind of like the gloves and they've got like this remote control Infinity Gauntlet kind of vibe. So it's just kind of like throws down, hammers home the idea of just everything being connected and controlled. And just because they're rad, I gave him some Action Master Transformers legs too, and it's just, <laughs> it's just a, yeah, it's just my, it's one of my favorite pieces, and I, I really, um, I'm really psyched on that piece and what it, what it did, and uh, I actually haven't even released it yet, so I'm, I'm excited to put these ten things out sooner or later. Well, as soon as, not that they're going to last long enough for us to be able to actually share them and <laughs> and get yeah. them out into the world. But uh, as soon as we see it, we'll definitely, uh, definitely share that out. Oh, radical. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you know, you never know. It's like, sometimes you think something's going to move and you're hanging out with it six weeks later. So I, I always appreciate it. I'm super grateful for any promotion. So thank you. And now a word from our sponsors. 
And now, back to the show. Well, one thing that uh, that the three of us all have in common uh, is that we all share kind of a deep affection for, for the punk rock community as well. Um, mm. do, do you see any parallels or connections between that community and the toy community? Well, yeah. Um, where where did you guys come up? You went to like shows, like DIY basement show kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah. So I we're we're both. Where are you guys out of? We're both born and raised both in New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Oh, sh- nice. Okay. How old are you guys? Or what what era of the scene were you going to shows? Dave, you want to so go I'm, first? I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm 40. So like. Oh, okay. Perfect. Okay, New Jersey. So get this. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. Tell me. Tell me more. You guys go see oh, Saves no. Day so, shows, Lifetime, like. Yeah, uh, definitely familiar with with some of those with like you know like Wayne Firehouse and uh, you know even some the Birch Hill in, like Montclair Birch Hill like go even go into like bigger venues but Bloomfield Ave Cafe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Rad. Okay. So yeah, you know what I'm talking about then. So yeah, I mean personally, I mean because you know. Bef- post MySpace era punk rock and like DIY is a completely different animal. It's just like, Hey, what's it like to have a global reach? So, okay, rad, you get it. So like, yeah, I think it's totally the same. I I see so many parallels. Like, you know, I, I came up in the nineties hardcore scene. I was um, just, (laughs) I I dove headfirst into that in 96. The second I found out about this band redemption, 87, dude, I was at every Bay area hardcore show I could at every weekend. And, um, I see, you know, just the, the whole, the whole like wild, wild West aspect. It's like, you just can create whatever you want for yourself in the game, you know, whether it was a band and going on tour, or if it's making your own toy and creating your own audience and getting it out there for everyone to see, you know, uh, it just is like tenacity and the like pure, like, um, I don't even know the word arrogance. I not, not arrogance, but just the, the willingness to put yourself out there and be like, yeah, check out what I made. It's worth sharing with everybody. Put your eyes on this, you know, like get this. It's same thing as being on stage for 15, 30 minutes, you know, singing these songs and, you know, flailing around kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I, I totally could see a lot of also, you know, like there's a lot of folks where um, they wouldn't necessarily make it in uh so much normie kind of uh, uh, careers or whatnot. And same with like, you know, you'd see the hardcore community would be like, wow, these people are right where they need to be. This is where they thrive, you know? And uh, a lot of us in the, the designer, the resin uh, toy community, I feel is very similar. We're very um, uh, cut from the same antisocial cloth, I guess you could say, <laughs> you know, but when it comes to our art form and what we do, we're, uh, just on point, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, see, it's, it's funny for me because this, yeah, like I would go to it, but Eric, you were doing it. So. Yeah. Uh, this, this podcast kind of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm currently recording it on the microphone that I used to scream into, you know, like, oh, rad. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's this doing this podcast, not only was a way for, for Dave and I to, you know, kind of get our talk about our hobby and you know talk about it with our friends initially and everything this was kind of that filled that creative void for me because I've, I've never been creative with with my hands I, you know in, in terms of art but i've i've always been you know behind a drum set i've always been mm. behind a guitar i've always been behind a microphone since i was 15 um you know oh, playing right. in windowless basements and you know 
jumping and putting my head through drop ceiling tiles. You know, it, it's it's always <laughs> been th- that, right? And mm-hmm. you know, then I had uh, I you know I got married, I had kids, and it becomes diff- more difficult to gig once you have uh, kids running around. And it's just so happened that the the bandmates that I was with at the time, we were all kind of hit that point in our lives where we were ready to kind of split off and and do our own things. The um, adult crash, as they say. Yes, for <laughs> real. And I, uh, you know, I had been looking for something to kind of fill that void. And, you know, to your point, it, it's a it's a level of confidence. You know, when you're a performer, you're used to putting yourself out there and saying, like, listen to me or watch me right? or look at what I'm doing. And this is kind of like a weird way to be creative, but also showcase real art at the same time and Mm -hmm. like talk to the people that we love and the people whose art is incredible and you know people who are who are really the 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 gears and axles of the industry that are are really kind of driving the toy world and you know we get to chat with them and we get to have these cool moments where you know we get to show help showcase their art and at the same time be like look you know we're a you know a legitimate news source and you know, we're here to help and we're here to have fun. And, um, you know, I think b- between the actual creative aspect of it, regardless of what side you're on, and then the actual like community vibe, it, it's it's like scary similar sometimes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I could, I, you're so right with that. The whole cult of personality going on with different artists, you know, like people might not like each other, like an artist, not even for their art, but just for something they, heard someone said that they said one time it's it's really funny you know and you know you'll get people who are fans of a, an artist you know for their art but also just for what their messages are regardless mm-hmm. of the way they get it out there they're just like yeah mm-hmm. this this i identify with this this is an identity you know it, it's interesting it's really cool i i i i enjoy it i you know the stuff I've been doing has resonated with some folks to the point. I think there's like four or five people that have my logo tattooed on them throughout the, the planet. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Yo, it is koalas. There's this one cat out in the United Kingdom and it's uh, from his kneecap down to his ankle. And the dude's like six, six and it's like full color rendered wow. just like the actual logo. Yeah. There's this other dude who tattooed from his like, leg his thigh line to his kneecap you know from like his hip he tattooed himself you know the the logo that's cool (laughs) like it's yeah so i mean i I definitely see like how you get these people that are uh fans of the work or the message or just the overall vibe and to the point where i was like yeah here here, dollar slice bootlegs on my skin what's good (laughs) it's wild i'm super grateful for those folks You've got a new venture out. It's uh, Slice City Rebels. So tell us a little bit about that and how it's different from the previous work that you've done. Right on. Okay. <clears throat> so Slice City Rebels. This is this is wild. So Slice City Rebels, it really feels like I'm starting over again. At the same time, it feels like I'm living a dream. Like it's already like gravy train with biscuit wheels movie life status, but it's, it's like, hasn't even totally started yet. So, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite styles of art is tattooing and tattoos. And like, you know, I'm literally covered from head to toe, uh, 
face tattoos, all that jazz. So I, I, uh, I managed to, um, start collaborating with, um, one of my favorite tattooers, uh, ever. Um, he's, he's my buddy, but at the same time, I don't know if you guys have been friends with people in like big bands or whatever. It's like, yo, Hey, we're friends, but it's not like we're going to start a band together, you know? So <laughs> it's like this whole other bananas level. Like now I'm making toys with this dude, um, Adam Barton. And if you, if you haven't heard of him or seen his work, Adam Barton tattoos, or like, you know, again, like, a few years back, if you saw Avenged Sevenfold on TV or like the Charlotte or like uh, Atreyu or like, you know, he did the, the Avenged Sevenfold's like uh, logo and all of their tattoos and all that fancy jazz. And, you know, good Charlotte sing about him, have like rhyme his name with Nike dunks or something somehow. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's, he's just such an amazing artist. And, um, definitely like my top three tattoo artists he's a, uh, in there and i finally i just asked him like about a year ago if he wanted to like you know make some toys together and um we did some back and forthing and we uh figured it out and we started up slice city rebels and um some of them are based on my original characters that i've made you know uh toys of already other ones are ones that were bouncing around in my head since i started out in 2014 i just didn't think i was going to be able to give them proper justice so i never quite got them into the stages of like molding or casting you know so i uh me and barton started working on these things and uh geez the illustrations and the uh the way he articulated my words into actual you know, drawing and illustration is just beautiful uh, to the point where it's like, I couldn't imagine these characters any other way now that I've seen them. And, you know, we're doing, we've, we redid Big Rad Wolf, Slaughterbot, Professor Waffles. Um, and my versions are awesome and I love them, but I could never see them any other way after I've seen his illustrations and interpretations of them. And uh, that's just next. Uh, I just, i'm beside myself it's it's so cool to see one of my favorite artists designing my favorite toy you know my, my, my toys that i make are my favorite i'm not gonna lie you know I, I love my character so it's 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 wild to see these and then we got scott henzi uh from the you know original vintage ninja turtle uh line uh to sculpt him up for us we're, we're working with him and uh to see that level of heritage and talent and just the passion and just it's incredible seeing his sculpts and bringing him to life and at the moment we have one that's come fully to uh realization the robolope that'll be our first one i think you guys have seen it and i was just gonna say surprisingly, can, can we talk about robolope because you, you did give us a little peek behind the curtain and boy is that thing awesome looking <laughs> yeah it's really cool yeah, please, please talk about RoboLoop. I'll just sit back here and you guys talk about it because I, I have, you're honestly the first people that I don't know that's actually seen it that I've talked to, you know, that like aren't just like, you know, I talk to on the regular that are my friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is my first like time that we've shown it to people that ha like just aren't like close, close in the, because, you know, I just didn't want to let it out too soon. And funny enough, he just, he just put up photos last night. So now that the, the rabbit's out of the hat, totally, but 
please discuss the robo lobe. <laughs> so, so first and foremost, I mean, my my gut reaction when when uh, when you first sent it to me, I wanted to go and and dig up uh, my my Bucky O'Hare figures because he looks like yeah. a character straight. I mean, he has that um, you know, obviously has that 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 old school Playmates TMNT vibe to him, but yeah. he's got that like that cool space look i mean like like i love like the robotic leg and i love the the colorway that you guys picked with it you know that having like the the kind of um metallic teal in in that is all adam barton yeah that's all barton he got to color the first uh, edition of that one and it's i mean right there look at that guy's just i agree i love those colors it has such a like a playmates vibe to it that that to me just like is like what screams awesome about it yeah, those those swivel hips. Like I, yeah. I just I it, it there there's something about that era of toy making mm-hmm. that is timeless. And there's like a couple there's like a couple of periods and like a couple of toy lines that I think have left such a mark on toys in general that like they kind of have become their own gold standard. And I would say like Playmates TMNT, obviously Kenner Star Wars. Um, and, and O-Ring Joe's, you know, Mm -hmm. are the first three that come to mind where it's like, you cannot go wrong if you make a toy modeled after one of those kind of like, uh, systems, right? Like if you're, if you're, if you're in one of those ecosystems, A, you have a built-in collector base of people that like absolutely adore those lines and will forever. Like, like, I mean, Super 7's reaction line is literally... What if Kenner made everything? <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> and and you know, Playmates is still cranking out those, um, you know, those resurrecting those old molds and cranking out, you know, Ninja Turtles figures, and they can't stay in stock because mm-hmm. they're so, still so good. So like the fact that you partnered with the people you partnered with for this project and are operating in a space where. Again, like there's already a beloved toy line that will fit in right with what you're doing. I, I mean, it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, that was the that was the plan. Was it was definitely one of those things where they can stand alone as really cool toys, but at the same time, you're gonna want to put them next to your other playmates figures. You're gonna want to put them next to your other, you know. Ninja Turtles and all your Marvel characters and mutants, like they just fit in. They 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 work with your vintage '90s toys, and they're just they they just. I mean, there's just a heritage just screaming through. I mean, they they came from Scott Sands, like Scott Henze. You can't help but just like infuse his toys with his artistic, you know, vibe. You know, and another thing we wanted to do, like in keeping what you're talking about is, you know, the, the folks who are going to collect them because of playmates alone, we wanted to give a little extra value to people that were going to pick them up, you know? So they're actually a little bit beefier than normal uh, figures. They're, they're, they're ranging from six to uh, seven inches and okay. uh, going to oh, nice. be kind of hefty. Like, you know, you could disassemble them and put all the pieces in a sock and if you needed a weapon, you know, I'm just saying, you know, if you're at a show and some rival crew shows up and you're, you're beefing or something, just put them in a sock and pull some hate breed show status stuff. In the 90s, Man, you know? especially with <laughs> Robolope, you could take out an eye. Yeah, you, one yeah, you hands, literally. One of those antlers, antlers pokes through the sock <laughs> and next thing you know, you're puncturing eyeballs. 
It's like a sock of death of blindness. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, we're, we're doing those and we're, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's been surreal. It's, it's been really fun getting to know Scott and like emailing with him and he's just so humble and modest about his work. It's, it's wild. You know, the guy's a legend and he's had his hands in so many generations, childhoods with their toys. And he's just like, just the most mellow, kind, humble guy. It's been really fun. And just the overall starting over with the, you know, this is completely different in the sense that we own these characters. Like we own these figures. This isn't like one of those things where I'd kind of in the back of my mind, regardless how heavy the, the, the kit bashing was, it's still, those weren't my sculpts, you know, unless, unless my wife did something, unless we collaborated, those weren't my sculpts. And when it comes down to it, you know, it is like, hey, I'm just putting other stuff together and to suddenly have it become its own entire, hey, these are mine and Barton's, like those are ours. These are our characters, like down to the fingernail, you know, like these are original. These are ours. It's it's a great feeling. It's just a totally different. um, I feel way more empowered and confident with it for for what it is. and so the burning decide. question with these, when, when, when are we going to be able to see more of them? When are they going to start becoming uh, available? All right. So we're working towards hopefully, um, you know, again, you know how this stuff goes. You have a timeline and then reality sets in. But we're looking, we're, we're aiming for a May-June release for the Robolope and uh, hopefully staggering them every couple months after that. Uh, there's going to be a five initially. Um, and we're also working a comic, excuse me. We're also working on a comic book for it as well. Uh, Adam's going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, um, Barton is just such an amazing artist. It's as a fan, I, I, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I get to see Barton doing all sorts of comic book stuff. And then it's just like, Hey, this is awesome. This is our property and our, our characters. And we're going to make a comic and like bring him to life and put him in adventures and, man it's it's just so cool it it really feels like you know this is what those eight years were like for this is what starting out was for was to launch into all original you know completely owned line you know we we have safubis coming out as well with two different vinyl companies like for these like we're really we're going all in which is neat that the opportunities are presenting themselves to do so the continued evolution of the the Safubi revival, love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we have so we have a Robolope coming out with Monkey King. Um, they're going to be putting out the Robolope, and then Toy Art Gallery are going to be putting out the Big Rad Wolf. And um, this is just all you know, just in the beginning stages. And you know how it goes with Safubi; it'll be about eighteen months to twenty four months before they're out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh my, will they? That will be really neat once they are out. And um, I have a sneaking suspicion that David Arkowski is going to be sculpting him, another vintage Playmates Ninja Turtles sculptor. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's been surreal. It's like movie life status. And even if it just stopped right here, it'd be fulfilling, but it's just the beginning, you know? So, probably the Robolope will be out in June or May, June. And we might even have an issue of the comic out by, you know, midsummer, late summer, in time for Designer Con, I'm sure. Very cool. And, That's and, awesome. you know, we've, um, 
we've we've talked about a lot about collab- collaboration and especially you know with with what you're doing with Slice City Rebels, but you've alluded to it, uh, you know, throughout the interview so far that you've you've collaborated quite a bit with uh, your wife, who is also a sculptor. Um, <laughs> so w- what's it what's it like working together in that capacity? And and tell us a little bit about the work that she does. Yeah, so this is wild. So my wife Katie, uh, she she goes by the artist name Horsey Boo. Um, don't try and just Google it. You got it's it's spelled funny. It's H O A R C E E B U Horsey Boo, and she's a sculptor, a toy maker, and um, she she literally got into it by uh, watching the Last Jedi and thinking the Porgs were cute, and um, we had been together maybe about six months and I gave her some Sculpey and she sculpted up a Porg. And, uh, by the time she was done with the first sculpt, she already was over it and was revising and making a second sculpt. Then we molded and cast it. And, um, I think by her fifth sculpt, she was sculpting for Arby's. Um, <laughs> she's just a masterfully talented. It's, it's bananas. She'd never done it before. Wanted to sculpt a Porg, sculpted the first one. It was very rudimentary. The second one looked like it could have been like a designer Kenner piece. The third one was a Porgicidal, it was Suicidal Tendencies Porg. Um, nice. And it just had so much soul and it was so cute. And uh, yeah, she, I don't know what it is. It, she's just a prodigy uh, when it came to sculpting. So she picked up some clay and she's been doing it like three years now, I think, four years, three and a half years. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's bananas watching her grow as an artist and, uh, just seeing her, uh, explode just on her own merit, you know, nothing, nothing to do with me, just her sculpts and releases alone. Like, um, within the last year, she did a sculpt of that, uh, character from the Kevin Smith film Tusk. She sculpted up Mr. Tusk and that thing is terrifying. It's it's got straight up like nipples on its back, a, a nose on its shoulder. It's it's a perfect figure, like eight inch figure rendering of the actual Kevin Smith prop. Um, when you Google Mister Tusk now, all the reference is mainly her sculpt. <laughs> it's insane. Um, she can't keep them in her store. They take her about. I don't know, two weeks each to make, and she can't even keep them in there. But yeah, it's it's been great. She's uh, she's just an incredible artist. Uh, she puts me to shame in every regard. Uh, she's been doing it half as much or half as long a time. So that that that's great. <laughs> that's always that's cool. Um, it's it's amazing though. It's a lot of fun watching her grow. Um, and you know it. <laughs> Funny enough, she's been involved in some of my most controversial pieces, you know, like, uh, and some of my most uh, popular ones. Like, we did a a bootleg, we were going to do a piece with the TNC surf designs, uh, and that kind of fell through, and um, it became kind of controversial, so we, she sculpted up their uh, Shaka Kong, is what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. And I think that was her sixth sculpt or something like that. So Arby's and then straight into the fire with controversial toy with all sorts of brands coming after her. And after that, it's just been nothing but smooth sailing. I, I have to I have to shout out one of my favorite moments of I, I guess, was it was it late last year? Well, the, when when she did the uh, the Simpsons Greta Thunberg, Thunberg uh 
figure oh, and Matt Groening wow. actually has one. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was just like, that was one of those moments where, and the two of us, you know, Dave, I, I'm speaking for Dave he's, when he's right here, but we're huge Simpsons fans. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you can comfortably speak for me on that one. And that was one where like, no joke, we were living vicariously through you. And oh, <laughs> you guys, right like, we saw that video. We were like, just like, ah, yeah. That was cool. surreal. Yeah, that that one was wild. And it, it honestly couldn't have come at a better time because um, Katie had she had worked herself so hard up until uh, designer con. And she's got chronic uh, illness that just really wears her out. So we get to designer con and she'd worked so hard that like she was literally just done. Like she could she left the hotel room maybe for three hours the whole week after designer con. So that couldn't have been that literally is the best medicine she got all weekend was I was sitting there at the booth and grainings, you know, making the rounds and everybody's like, do you see he's coming? And I'm like, yeah, I, I got this. I, I double checked with her beforehand. Cause she was at the, the hotel and I was like, is it okay if I, if I give graining uh, one of your, your Greta's and you know, of course she was fine with that. And graining is just such an impressive and inspiring guy. You know, he comes up, he talks to us about it, or it's not us, me, and uh, people were at the booth with me. Um, and I was like, you know, we, we insist, we'll, we'll give you one. He's like, okay, but here, let me make sure and just give you like a charitable donation towards the art, you know, and not going to argue with him, you know. It's like, hey, <laughs> if you want, sure, dude, here, 20 bucks, something like that. He literally pulled out the exact change and was like, here, take it, you know. And I'm not going to say no to a millionaire. <laughs> I certainly am not a millionaire. Uh, I'm closer to not a millionaire than a millionaire. So not going to argue with him, but it was just such a neat, kind gesture because it was just like, hey, dude, you guys are profiting off of and banking on my creations. This is my favorite piece. I'm going to record a video for your wife. Like that, that whole video, I sent it to her afterwards. And that was like, that kickstarted her weekend and she came out for a little while to the convention and hung out. And it was, it was the sweetest, most, uh, humbling, um, uh, inspiring experiences of designer con in a long time. That, that was really cool. Matt Groening's a stand up dude from my experiences and hers. Love to hear that. That's oh, and also I must say like, yeah, her Greta sculpt is just bananas again. Like, staying with a lion's heritage it looks identical to anything that was put out in the series by playmates yep mm-hmm. that and you know how could you go wrong with a, a combo of porg and suicidal tendencies <laughs> <laughs> porgicidal bro yeah, <laughs> yeah that one was amazing. fun yeah you're, was... you're currently talking to the the biggest porg Porg fan in existence in, in, in my brother Dave here. He is he's oh, literally right like on. King Porg. Yeah, I love oh, sick. like I anytime like I, I was just geez, like a, a month ago maybe. Mm-hmm. Just back from uh Disney and I was like, oh, there's a new porg and it makes noise. I need this. You do. Porgs are so cute. I, I love they're porgs. I'm I'm on I'm on your team there with porgs. They're just they're rad. It would it would be great. You know what? Listeners, Mandalorian Porg. There you go. There's your gift from Dollar Slice. <laughs> Love to see a Mando Porg. <laughs> oh, a little, a little Porg with a little like chibi Mando armor on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, my Someone's heart. Someone's gonna do it. My heart. 
<laughs> All right, so now is time for uh, for some Q and A. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. So we we got some we got actually this was this was interesting because we got a lot of the same or similar questions from people. So I can't credit these these next four questions with any one individual like like we normally do uh, uh, for this segment. But, there were um, more than four people who gave you questions about me. That's yes. awesome. Yes. No sh- wow. Ripping. Thanks, folks. <laughs> All right. So the first one, and by far, this was this was the most popular question. Um, what advice do you have for people looking to make their own toys? Oh, cool. I like that question. Just start doing it. (laughs) Go on YouTube, look up how to build a pressure pot, build your pressure pot, then get your resin and get your silicone, get three, two, seven smooth cast resin. It's nice and forgiving. Uh, get some mold star 20 T it will last a long time. Boom. Start doing it. Go on Craftsman's uh, Steady Craftsman's page. Like that will show you how to do anything you need to do. But to start making toys, stop thinking about it. Stop dwelling on it. Stop waiting about it. You know, if you gotta save, save. Don't that. That's of course you gotta do that. But yo, just do it. Like there's no other way to make toys than to make toys. You just have to start. You're not making toys until your hands are messy and you've got silicone and resin on your pants there's no other way to do so you just dive in head first don't look just do it all right as someone who has spent so much time boiling popping and casting how do you feel about 3d printing words that's fun too um i think that 3d printing has its place you know i i feel that like uh just as like oh what is it? Um, what is it? The the band, not Bandcamp. Is that what, what's that app? Uh, the the Apple app oh, for making music. Band. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Well, there you go. Like the way I see three um, D printing and molding, casting, and kit bashing, it's just the same thing. Is you know, you're Garage Band. You're taking samples. You're just dragging, clicking. It's got its place. It's definitely cool. I mean, some really neat stuff's been made on GarageBand. I like to plug in, tune, play, you know, have the, the amp, the, the uh, instrument, you know, maybe the, the, the master piece that I'm molding, cast it, put in my pressure pot. Um, so I, I feel like there's value in either. Uh, it's definitely a lot easier just if you just want to make some customs or something, or you just want like what you just saw on book of Boba Fett last night and you want to find the the file and download it and make those yourself. I think they're rad. I, I, um, you know, I, I could be a grumpy old, like old man about it and be like, Oh, well you're not molding and casting. Like that's got no place, but 
that's not true. And that's not like staying with the, the evolution of toy making and, you know, like, cool. That's what we did in the past and could only do it. But hey, it's the future. The future is cool. Like now people are 3D printing. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I think it's got its place. And, you know, I, I definitely have 3D sculpts. Like I, I'm working with Dave Bondi at the moment for uh, working on, a, again, the punk rock scene. Again, East Coast, uh, Lord Izak uh, from DMS, Scarhead, Danny Diablo. Uh, working on putting out, yeah, I'm putting out a toy for Izak. And uh, Bondi's sculpting that up right now again, too. And that's the same thing. We're doing Playmate scale. But, yeah, mother, he's... Uh, He's going to come with a uh, mug of beer, a paint pen, and a mic. <laughs> and again, Barton did the illustrations and the turnarounds for him. It's it's awesome. But, you know, that's one of those things like uh, it, it's just Bondi doing the 3D sculpt seems most in keeping and most efficient with this one. So that's what we're doing. But, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I absolutely adore, like, I'm in love with the fact that you can print an eight-foot Boba Fett if you want, you know? <laughs> like, the, the they, they stay high def regardless of how big you blow them up. And I love that. I, I love the jumbo aspect and, like, just how crazy you can get with that stuff. Well, speaking of Boba Fett, this was actually my favorite my favorite question from from this. Um Along with Killer Bootlegs and Suck Lord, like we mentioned, you, you've been doing your, your Book of Boba Fett recaps. Um, why do you think that uh, Boba Fett has become such an important character in the bootleg toy community? Fair enough. Well, that works because I just wanted to really quick give a shout to Pete and Morgan. You know, Suck Lord and Killer, love you guys. Thanks for being awesome. We've been killing it. We've made seven episodes. And what ties that together is like, with Boba Fett, I feel like in our community and the resin casting bootlegging scene, he's part of the heritage. I mean, that's who Sucklord based his character and his uh, avatar off of. And regardless of like whether or not we um, want to, it, he's he's everywhere. I mean, Sucklord is the community. He is the scene. He is the art form. He he's Ian Mackay, dude. He started Straight Edge. You know, so it, it's impossible not to at least see that Mandalorian helmet with the visor one way or another. And then you get to Killer, who is second in line with this stuff. He he adores Boba Fett, you know, and his work was all super Boba Fettified and was just ton of Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. So the two of those guys, they just hammered it into the um, the ethera of the, the whole community and uh, the blueprint. And on top of that, I feel like Boba Fett... Like, unintentionally, if you look at Boba Fett, he came out in 1980, 79. If you look at him, he is literally a highlight reel of every cool toy and something that came out in the 80s into the 90s. Robo, like, he's, he's robotic. He looks like a Transformer. He's all spacey. It kind of looks like something that could have been in Ninja Turtles. At the same time, he could have been in G.I. Joe. At the same time, he could have transformed. I mean, just... He, whether, I mean, it was just completely unintentional, but that guy is literally a highlight reel of everything for about 15, 20 years of, you know, toy influence. And I feel like that's another reason he's, he's even the armor, the way it looks like turtle shell. I mean, he just is an incredible soup can. He, he is a great piece to work off of, to riff off of. There's always some new approach. And if you don't like new approaches, there's hundreds of approaches people have already done, and you can do your version of them, you know? 
And he's just, before Book of Boba Fett came out, he was, you know, there wasn't even a personality or anything so much. So you could infuse him with whatever you wanted. You know, you could Boba, uh, Buda Fett, you know what I'm saying? And it worked. Even now it works. He's, he's all chill and laid back. Now we've gotten to know him a little bit better, you know. Um, I think between just Sucklord's ties to him and popularizing the image and just how Peter really hammered it at home, and yeah, just being a highlight reel of everything cool to come in that decade just randomly happened to be like, I mean, Boba Fett. And plus, dude, that rocket firing like action. You know, we were all looking for someone who had that. Oh, you don't play with your toys anymore and you had Star Wars figures? Can I come over and look at them? Maybe I'll give you $5 and a crystal Pepsi, you know? <laughs> Like, we all wanted to find a freaking rocket firing Boba Fett when we were kids. Yeah, I once heard I somebody know. say, define Toyetic, and their answer was Boba Fett. Yeah! <laughs> Jeez. Wow, yeah. I mean, I, that, it's true. I, I can think of, a, like, that single figure keeping me entertained on drives to see family that were like six hours away, you know what I'm saying? When like seven years old and just tracing the lines of his armor and the rocket and just the character and just all the adventures he can go on in the back seat. He's got a freaking rocket pack. <laughs> and he's like the most famous, like, well, this is this toy is dangerous. Like <laughs> in sense of like right? this was changed. That's right. Yeah, it was like safety. You're, you're, it's like, well, why? It's cool living life on the edge even as a four-year-old you're like yo i could die <laughs> i can't even comprehend what that means but man this thing could do it <laughs> um so the last question in the q a um it's prefaced with making toys is hard did you ever feel like quitting at any point oh geez yeah <sighs> making toys is really hard and keeping your confidence up to continue making toys or just being okay with being broke your whole life is just something that like yeah there's there's times where uh stuff's not going right uh deadlines are screaming at you uh your hands are shaking and the lines are coming out wrong on the paint and you've got to deliver and it's just not doesn't feel worth it at that moment you're you know, sometimes a project will be overwhelming and I won't sleep very much for weeks. And uh, it can it can be daunting. You know, uh, I'm not going to play it cool and be like, yeah, bro, it's rad. Every day I wake up, I put on my rainbow glasses and I'm just hype, bro. It, 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 there's a lot of times where it's just like, man, what is wrong with me? Like, maybe I should just take these face tattoos to SoundCloud and start rapping. Like, I don't know. But like. It's just, it's hard at times, but yeah, you feel like quitting sometimes, but there's, I, you know, it comes down to it. There's nothing better and there's nothing I could ever imagine doing, you know, like I, it's, it, I managed to make this work so far, no way I'm ever going to quit, you know, not, no matter how hard it gets or how sleep deprived or how many pennies on the hour I'm making, I, I don't care. That's, this is what I want to do till I'm dead. And that's what I will. Well, with that, you have you have survived the uh, the Q and A, so oh. uh, that was it. That was it for the Q and A. Oh, ripping! Well, I'm grateful that they were nice to me. <laughs> <laughs>
and and that brings us to uh, to our our signature moment in every in every uh, episode of the podcast here, where where Dave uh, fulfills his role as as this shows James Lipton and asks the final question. So the final question: What is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each. It can be both. Ah. Uh... Jeez, I hate to be like broken recordy and like I I tried to I dwelled on it for a while and I'll probably think of it right after we're done. But it really is my Malbolgia. I just love that thing. I, I my very first one, the very first one I got with my grandma when I was 14 after months in the car driving around trying to find that thing. It's it's, it's my Malbolgia. It's got a dot on its foot so I could tell it away tell the difference from it between the 75 other ones and um I, it's not so strange, but I just I just love that thing. Uh, it's my, my most favorite for sure. In strange toys, I mean that's hard. Uh, that's that's super challenging because uh, the, the 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 community I'm in. I mean, just I, I don't even know where to start. You know, I, I've got <laughs> I, oh, when, when one of your best friends is Sucklord, I don't even know what to, like I just uh, I've got a, a jumbo 18 inch uh, what you call it Shogun style Sucklord. With a jelly, uh, uh, I don't know it, how, how explicit I get, but it's got a, a jelly something you'd insert in your butt uh, on one side. And a, hey, we don't kink shame here. You could say butt plug. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got an epic little uh, see-through butt plug for the, the left hand and the, the right hand's holding this crazy uh, pink lightsaber. He's got a jeweled uh money sign on it. it's awesome it was uh, the centerpiece for the uh psychedelic whoop bear show in uh, 2017 that's probably my other prize like and that's my prize weird piece for sure good answers both, both of them are good. And I, I, like <laughs> yeah i honestly i had i i could spend the next half hour like just talking to you about your Malbolgia collection because I love those early Spawn figures. So, like, right. do, do you have them all like displayed? Like all seventy six of them in one spot displayed? So I'll send you guys a picture on the the IG uh, messages. I the last time I took a picture, I think I had sixty six or so, and I took a picture at this one place uh, we were at for about six months, and it was the whole staircase. They're just all up and down. Um, I don't have, I've got one in the package still because it's, um, it's covered in Korean stickers and Korean, uh, uh, packaging. So it looks really cool, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're all out of the package. They're in storage right now, but we're actually in process of unpacking them over the next six weeks or so. We're getting all our toys out of storage. Um, and yeah, they're, they just all, uh, are fit. They used to fit on uh, a shelf, uh, all of them just stacked up there. And it looked like a scene out straight out of like Labyrinth or something, you know, like a bunch yeah. of Jim Henson Muppets. Just it, there, there is so much soul and so much personality in that sculpt and the way that faces and the exaggerated jaw and eyes and the way his hands are. He can kick his legs around. It's it's such a oh, gang man. like it's such a gangly, awesome, weird figure like it always has it been. Is. He's got so much personality. It's so fun. And just like any ones that you guys have, these all suffer from the same issue. They, they just are like, down I go, and they do a flip into the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to lean them extra far back because for some reason, they always do somersaults forward onto the ground. Yep, weird top-heavy. I mean, 
the but that Todd continues to do that to this day is how much plastic can I get in this package for twenty dollars? Mm-hmm. I mean that's <laughs> content to this day to this day. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, listen before before we let you go and we we sign off for the evening. Uh, tell our audience where can we where can we find you on the internet? Okay, radical. So you can find me on the internet on uh, Instagram at Slice City Rebels for the Slice City Rebel series I'm doing with Barton. Uh, Barton is Adam Barton Tattoo. And then my main account is Dollar Slice Bootlegs with an underscore in between each word. Awesome. And I uh, just wanted to thank you again for taking the time to, to be on the show with us. Uh, it, was, it was awesome finally getting a chance to, uh, to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you. All right. Well, no, thank you guys too for the time and, you know, throwing together these questions and time to have me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I was curious, can I plug the, uh, just one more time, the, the Slice City and the, the projects coming? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Okay. Right on, right on. Thank you. So just the, the plug rundown again, please go check out my insanely talented wife, Horsey Boo. Um, she's just bananas with what she's doing uh she's working on a uh, boba fett sculpt at the moment um i'm not even sure if i should be saying that but whatever you heard it here first go get it <laughs> and then yeah my partner and collaborator for slice city rebels go check him out adam barton tattoo on instagram um he's just one of the most inspiring impressive uh tattooers out there and just You'd be psyched to ever collect a piece from him if you're in Santa Cruz, you know, go hang from the Lost Boys Bridge and then go get a tattoo from Barton. And um, again, I check out Machine 56. I can't emphasize enough how much you need to get this brand in your life. Uh, Machine 56 makes some of the neatest handmade designer helmet mask wearable art. And they make some jackets, pants, other stuff as well. It looks straight out Evangelion or Star Wars or Robotech. And it's all handmade, limited edition. It's, it's really neat. Um, I've become pretty good friends with them. And it's just been really impressive seeing their process and how they go about creating these pieces. And really inspiring just to see how they work. So please check out Machine 56. And last but not least, please go follow um, Slice City Rebels. Uh, we will be having releases very soon and they're not going to stop once they start. So get on board. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll make sure that we, we include links to all the, the social media profiles in the, in the show notes. So, you know, if you guys yep. want to go start tapping away to follow, uh, you'll find all the links that, uh, that John just mentioned in the, uh, in, in the show notes. Thank you again, uh, John, for for coming and joining us. Uh, and and once uh, once Slice City Rebels get some some more releases out, we'll have to have you come back on and, and talk more about the process. Oh please, yeah. Me and uh, Barton were talking about that. He hasn't. He he's never even listened to a podcast, let alone been on one. So um, <laughs> he 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 was trying to figure out how to listen to tonight's podcast. And he was like, <laughs> found out that they're recorded afterwards. So that would be awesome to have him on with me, so we could discuss our process and what we're doing with the series and where the comics at and all that. That that would be rad. Thanks, dudes. That would, that would be awesome. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. 
Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Thank <laughs> you.